0: Hi everybody, I'm Erin Hesse, and I want to welcome you to the Engage and Equip podcast, a resource designed to form substantive disciples for the local church. This Sunday, September 10th, we're starting a new series called Substance, based on a book that our lead pastor, Nick Gibson, wrote. We're really excited to start, and we hope that you'll join us. In early February of this year, Pastor Nick framed the direction of our Sunday services for the whole year, what we're going to pursue together as a church. And in a lot of ways, Substance is a culmination of all that we've been doing all year long. So as we prepare to kick off Substance on Sunday, we thought we'd return to the short clip from February. We hope that it helps gives context for what we've been going through all year and for some of the hopes of what Substance will produce in us as a church. Take a listen.
1: One of the things that um, isn't always done at churches is to try to get um, the whole year on the same trajectory. And so for the next few minutes, I want to set up the whole year for us. What we're going to be doing at High Point content-wise for 2017. And because this isn't supposed to be 45 minutes long, I'm going to mostly read it so that it can be short, okay? <clears throat> Almost every Christian knows that knowing and following Jesus flows out of faith. It requires trusting his actions and promises and how we see and feel and act in the world. If we trust him, He has said that we would find rest for our souls and we would find that his burden is light. Almost every Christian has heard of this passage in Matthew 11, verses 28 to 30. Come to me, Jesus said, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And yet many people feel like our lives in Christ aren't working. Our energy feels choked and our faith smothered. We find ourselves filled with worries, anxiety, and even resentment toward God for his commands or his silence in our confusion. And I've been thinking and praying and meditating on this for months and more than a year now, specifically in relationship to High Point, but I've been thinking about what chokes and kills faith for like 20 years. And um, it grew on me, especially as I was thinking about our lives together at High Point, that Jesus has not been silent on all of these experiences, their attending doubts, and the desperate feelings that accompany them. Jesus said that there was something out there that would choke and strangle our faith, fill us with anxiety, and make us resent him, even while we consider ourselves and are really believers in Jesus. Jesus. That thing is a specific kind of thing of what the Old Testament authors called idolatry, what Jesus called worshiping mammon, and what po- the Apostle Paul called being worldly. Think about these two teachings of Jesus. In Mark 4 18 and 19, he's talking about people who receive the word of God and believe it, and yet something happens to them. He says, Still others receive the word, and, but like seeds sown among thorns, they hear the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. In another place, Jesus is teaching in a way that's meant to comfort people and relieve them of their anxieties and fears. And he says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat, or what you'll drink, or about your body, what you'll wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? And a lot of people cherish that teaching in the verses following. But why does that teaching start with the word, therefore? A specific basis on which we can be that carefree. And it comes from verse 24, where Jesus says this, no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise or resent the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, the word money in an NIV translation is a translation of the word mammon. It is not a generic word for money that Jesus uses elsewhere. In almost any, every other place Jesus refers to money, he uses the denomination in the culture, a denarius or something like that. Only here does he give it a different name, the word mammon? And it's because he wants to personify it as a god. He wants us to think of all the things of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, our desire for other things, as a person, a god, and he gives it the name mammon to get our attention. And so that we recognize that there is a person, that is, there is a second religion that is competing for our devotion to God. And Jesus is telling us that when we have two religions, the one about Jesus we believe in and the one about worldliness that we absorbed, it has very, very predictable results. It will fill us with worry and anxiety. We will not find rest for our souls. Your faith will get slowly choked and you will feel strangled, making it harder to believe in and follow Jesus. And you will resent God on the way to actually openly hating him. And you will do all of this while honestly and devoutly believing in Jesus. The first step against this choking fountainhead of anxiety, fear, worry, and resentment is seeing that God in Christ has given us everything we need, like it says in 2 Peter 1.3 that we'll read in just a minute. And by he has given us everything we need, I don't mean that he has given us just enough. I mean we have to realize that he has buried us up to our ears in promises, power, knowledge, aid, direction, wisdom, blessing, family— And the cure for this worldliness is seeing God for who he is and what he has done and is doing. And it's only then can we actually see the hidden fingers of worldliness around our spiritual throats. It's poisoning and the blackening of our hearts with rebelliousness and resentment towards God. And it's only when that happens will we really be freed toward the fruitfulness that God has saved us to enjoy. Our whole year is going to be focused on getting rid of our second religion and believing in Jesus as he is and being freed from the strangling anxiety of worldliness and finding why our resentments find a place in our heart when our hearts should be full of thankfulness and joy towards a Savior who's done everything for us. I think it's going to be a hard year and I think it's going to be a year that's going to be full of joy. And I think it's going to free many of us to live a life of fruitfulness we actually didn't think was going to be possible anymore. And so as you listen to the first passage of Second Peter being read, li- listen to it as though that verse is setting up our year together, because that's the passage we're going to memorize as our memorized passage for the whole year.